Now I know what you're thinking. What is this invading my ear holes? Well, this is Fusion Reactor in the Sky by the band Raptor Command. They are a kick-ass band that you've probably never heard of, which is a horrible, horrible thing. I'm Hobbs Caltus. Journey with me into the unknown. Every Wednesday, we will explore the wonders of the underground on the H-Bombs Underground Bunker at Blood Rock Media. California dreaming. Soon as I step on the scene, I'm hearing hoochie screaming. Fiending for money and alcohol. The life of a West Side player with Calista and a strong ball. Only in Cali will we riot, not rally to live and die. In LA, we wear chucks, not valleys. Yeah, that's right. Dressed in locs and khaki suits and ride is what we do. Flossing but half caution, we collide with other crews. Famous because. <laughs> United States of America Speak your mind Cross the line now, say the truth Low Why don't you take it back It is still Friday, May 28th, 2018, and you are tuned into Season 2, Episode 21, Part 2 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by TheGorillaPosition.com and presented by Hameen Media. Uh, so we're going to finish off this show, but I guess before we do that, it's my obligation to remind you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news. It is news from across the blah, 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 blah. Nobody really cares. Um, I'm back here with Rick. We're, we're at a do- new location. We're going to try to record the rest of this show and... Uh, Godspeed be with us at this point. Right, Rick? Well, you know, you know, Jargo, you know, we, we actually we got the important WWE stuff in, you know, where the money's coming from. That angle worked. We put it off as long as we could. But I guess now we got to talk about the in-ring product. Not yet. Not yet. I've got one more thing to go. We actually have the update from the best of the Super Juniors. We're going to, there, there's been a shakeup in the card for the rest of the Ring of Honor shows for the uh, Honor United Tour so we can put it off. Just a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. Uh, results from this morning, of course, these matches, as of uh, the recording of this show, which is about 9 o'clock in the morning Eastern Standard Time on Friday, these matches have not yet been posted in New Japan World because, you know, video on demand instead of streaming live shows, which you can hear me rant about in part one of this show. Um, as far as the results from last night, Dragon Lee defeats Hiromu in 20 minutes and 48 seconds. Show defeats El Desperado in 12 minutes and 48 seconds. Uh, Skrull defeats Chris Sabin in 13 minutes and 58 seconds. And then, Rick, I cannot wait to see this match. Are you ready for this result? Taguchi defeats Kushida in a minute and 34 seconds. Wow. Any details out of that or did you just see time? Oh, all I've seen is times and results. So <laughs> that that is something to keep an eye out for. Uh, and the other thing I took from that, Marty is on the board. Yep, Marty is on the board. So here is the standings of the B block. Of course, we ran down the A block yesterday. Uh, Current standings, Dragon Lee with six points. He is in sole possession of first place. But like I said, he's got that knee injury. I think it's going to catch up to him in the second half of the tournament. Show with four points. El Desperado with four points. And then we've got a cluster at the bottom. Marty Skrull with two. Chris Sabin with two. Hiromu with two. Taguchi now with two. And Kushida still only with two. Wow. 
Yeah, uh, it's it's a, it, that that B block is a tight tight race, uh, and I know going in, and you were high on that B block. Yeah, that B block is stacked. It is absolutely stacked. So we're we're almost halfway through the tournament now. How how you feeling? I mean. My pick was Will Ospreay to win this tournament. He's sitting uh, in second place in the A block with Tiger Mask 4 on top. Um, I don't think either one of these guys on top right now, Tiger Mask 4 or Dragon Lee, is going to win either block. I think the injuries are going to catch up with Dragon Lee and age is going to catch up with Tiger Mask 4. So then I think you're, you're basically left with either Ishimori or Osprey coming out of the A block. And the B block, like you said, it is just wide open. Yeah, the thing with these tournaments as well, you know, it, in the short time that I've really kind of focused in and start following what happens in New Japan, they they do a great job of how they position these things that, like, in a, you know, trusting you can flip Gato's a coin. Booking. Yes, like you could flip a coin for anybody there. Yep, absolutely. Anybody could come out of that B block. So, uh, Honor United also started last night. Um, I have the results here. From night one, uh, this one came to us from uh, Edinburgh, I believe it was. Yes, Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, let me find the right tab here. Um, ROH World Tag Team Championship match. The Briscoes defeat the Bullet Club of Cody and Adam Page to retain the titles. Silas Young retains the TV title over Joe Hendry. Uh, ROH six-man tag team title match. The Kingdom retain over Dalton Castle, Jay Lethal, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón. That's $100, Mr. Rhodes. Uh, Evil and Sonata defeat SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, and Kazarian. And our boy Shane Taylor defeats Scorpio Sky. Punishment Martinez over Kenny King. Kelly Klein and Chardonnay defeat Sumi Sakai and Tennille Dashwood. The Young Bucks defeat Nick Aldis and Mark Haskins. And the boys defeat Delirious and Toru Yano. Any of those matches uh, absolutely tickle your fancy that you want to talk about? I mean, it was a good show. It was a fun show. Not necessarily a whole lot coming out of the show. Well, I just you know, I want to say uh, to our people, two big ones to jump out to me. Uh, Mr. Taylor getting a huge win. Shane Taylor over Scorpio Sky. That was a fun match, man. That was and, a fun match. Uh, and Mrs. Klein. I mean, it's a, it's a tag team match, but that's a big pickup over the champ. And and probably the most recognizable face and name there. The important thing coming out of that match, Kelly Klein actually pins Tennille Dashwood in that match. Wow, what a you know a great milestone for her. She's she was probably you know, she probably got through that curtain and was just smiling, you know, uncontrollably. I mean, what a what a happy fun moment. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention also friend of the show, Punishment Martinez, getting a big win over Kenny King. Huge, huge win there. Hey, the rub is working this week. Yeah, the rub is with us this week. Uh, so so we've had a, a bit of a shakeup, and as, as far as the card lays out for uh, the rest of this thing, um, so here's the London show. Uh, the London show, Dalton Castle versus Evil for the ROH Championship. The Kingdom versus SoCal Uncensored versus the Hung Bucks for the six-man championship. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Silas Young versus Punishment Martinez versus Sonata in a four-corner survival non-title match. Jay Lethal versus Mark Briscoe. Shane Taylor versus Toro Yano. Cody versus Kenny King. 
Kelly Klein versus Tennille Dashwood and Mark Haskins versus Jay Briscoe. Some big matches on that show. I think of, of the three shows, the London show is probably the best one. I have to agree with you there, man. It's They're working their way through this thing. I can't wait to see Shane Taylor knock the teeth right out of Toro Yano's throat. He told me he would. He told me. He told me so. Uh, the Doncaster Show, Silas Young versus Doe Williams for the TV championship. The Briscoes versus Evil and Sonata versus Vinny and TKO of the Kingdom versus the Young Bucks. Sumi Sakai versus Chardonnay for the ROH Women of Honor Championship. Jay Lethal versus Matt Taven. Cannot wait to see that match. This is one just announced, Rick. I know you'll be excited about this one. The Hangman, Adam Page, takes on the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Cody versus our boy Scorpio Sky. Dalton Castle and the boys versus Shane Taylor, Bully Ray, and Punishment Martinez. I want to talk to you about that one here in a second. And then Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian taking on Toro Yano and Kenny King. So what do you think of the, uh, the trio of Shane Taylor, Bully Ray, and Punishment Martinez? Didn't we propose this? We did talk about this. That one really jumped out at me. This could be a, a, a straight-up wrecking crew. I'm curious to see how this goes down. And I guess, you know, this is going to be one of those first instances where we see how how well is Bully Ray going to play with others, especially guys that might be somewhat of the same mindset of him. Um, I also think it's interesting in, in watching the Edinburgh show, Shane Taylor was completely positioned as a babyface. He actually refused money to beat up Scorpio Sky. Did he refuse the money to do it, or was he know he was getting paid more no, from SoCal? it was Shane Taylor doesn't lay down for anyone, regardless of how much money. That was the point coming across there. So, going to be very interesting to watch the, uh, the rest of these ROH shows and how they kind of play out. I am noticing that they're booking more and more like New Japan, and of course, I absolutely like that. Um, a couple other big matches that have been announced. Uh, these for New York City Excellence. That's a TV taping Saturday, June 2nd. Uh, Rick, I think your wildest dreams are going to come true. You are going to get Bully Ray versus Cheeseburger in a no count out, no disqualification match. This one, when you, when you had this on the run, this one really jumped out at me because I'm sitting there thinking, okay, how are they going to take this program to the next level here? Especially in New York City, because you know that crowd is going to want to be very pro-bully. Do you think maybe they go the route to make fun of, or no pun intended, I guess pun intended, take a poke at, like the finger poke of doom or something like that, like bully just beats the shit out of him, then just drapes cheeseburger over top of him? Oh, that could be it. That and then he, then he just takes the pin and leaves. Uh, for, for those not familiar with this story, the, the ongoing story here is Bully Ray beats the crap out of Cheeseburger, and then he gets counted out, or he gets disqualified. So Cheeseburger now actually 2-0 and in his career versus Bully Ray, and neither match did he finish conscious. Yeah, he had no idea what's going on. He, did, he, he takes some of the most vicious power bombs you're ever going to see an absolute ass whooping, but then just despite everything bully, he takes the loss on because like you're saying, like a count out, he just stands there with his back turned to the referee. 
Yeah, because who cares? Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting dynamic going on with Bully Ray right now. Uh, we're also seeing a bit of an influx of talent from CMLL coming in for this show. Uh, the ROH Championship will be on the line as Dalton Castle takes on Ultimo Guerrero from CMLL. And then we also have announced for this show Cody versus Titan, who you may have seen over in New Japan Pro Wrestling if you don't watch CMLL. I, I really need to watch more CMLL, but I watch too much other shit. So, um, well, you know, that kind of goes back. Cause I asked you, I can't remember if it was in a locker room or if it was here on the hitting marks pro wrestling podcast, you know, Jargo, I asked you, I said, with all these, all these guys that are coming together and getting into, uh, in bed with one another, you know, around the all in with ring of honor, with new Japan, uh, we were talking about how, how does Mexico fit into this? And at that point, triple A was out. Yep. So I get maybe maybe this is the answer there. We're this is the influx that we're seeing from, you know, Mexico saying, "Hey, everyone's working together." You know, including Impact. We went in on this thing. Uh, this is an, another story that kind of broke overnight while you all were sleeping, uh, and we talked about this on the Monday locker room. Rick, I'm very very curious to your thoughts on this situation. Uh, this comes to us from Cody Rhodes on Twitter. He announces. We have no plans to broadcast at the moment, referring to the All In show, but we do have fun meetings in LA, Baltimore, and Dallas. Uh, almost the moment we get back from the UK, probably cover some of it on being the elite. Uh, Rick, what do you think? What is the right course of action to distribute this thing? For people that are not going to be in Chicago, do you go with a traditional pay-per-view model? Do you do some kind of an iPay-per-view? Do you do uh, Strangler Steve King was a big advocate of trying to do it on Twitch. Um, I, I kind of question if Twitch actually would have the bandwidth to actually withstand what All In is actually going to be pulling in, kind of like Honor Club had that issue. Um, I'm a big advocate of going the PWG route where we just film this thing. We put it out on DVD a couple weeks later. You just got to have a hook big enough that people are going to want to see it. What do you think? What's your, what's your take on the situation? Well, you know, going into it, cause everyone assumed immediately like, Oh, they're going to have to stream this thing. I was always a, a big advocate or, you know, just thought in their mindset would be, if you want to be here and see this, you have to be here. Yep. But that's now where I'm but, at with it too, but it's, then it sells out in 29 minutes and 32 seconds. Right. So you see the success there, but you know, to kind of dive more into Cody's statements it, and it kind of does play into uh pro wrestling gorilla. They've got so much talent there. It could, it could cause some problems if, if they're even allowed to show that. Yeah. There, there could be some potential issues with contracts, ROH talents, uh, new Japan talents, impact wrestling talents appearing on another company's pay-per-view there, there there's a lot of contractual issues that would have to be worked out there then the other question becomes do you really want to deal with the pain in the ass of doing it that's another you're adding an entire layer of headaches by adding that production there now i could see but i don't know who do you, who do you distribute it through because i mean you've got people from new japan impact wrestling ring of honor like Maybe they're, you know, those places already have platforms. Like you could put it on Honor Club. Yeah, but then New Japan World feels slighted. Right. And then the Global, Global Wrestling Network. Network. Right. So maybe they all pick it up for anyone just. There's so many. It's, it's so complex. It's such an issue there. 
Yeah, that's that's a really good point that I hadn't even considered. That's a really good point. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, I'm I'm still a big advocate. Uh, go ahead, release it on DVD like two weeks later. You you just gotta have a hook that's big enough that people are gonna want to buy this DVD. I mean, obviously you're gonna sell a bunch of copies just for the people that were in the building that want a record of that. As far as the other crowd, I mean, PWG does really, really well with their DVD sales, but they give you shows that you absolutely have to see too, regardless if you know the results or not. Well, no, that, that is the trick. That's the hook. Even like with an impact wrestling, who's taped out, you know, the motto should be, it's like, it's must see wrestling. We don't care if you read it. You, you need to watch this. Yeah. And I, I think the Eddie Edwards angle was a perfect example of that. I think the Bola tournament every year is a perfect example of that. You know, just a little, a little twist on this topic here. I'm really curious when we do get there in September to see what kind of atmosphere is, you know, this is going to come across. There's 10,000 of us. Is this going to come across more like a WWE feel? Is it going to come across as a as a gorilla feel somewhere in the middle, a, a, an indie feel? What is going to be that vibe in that arena? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's going to be something that you have to be there to experience. And I, I guess the closest thing that I have been able to come up with is this needs to be the pro wrestling Woodstock. I think that's that's perfect. That's a perfect analogy, brother. I mean, that, that's really what this feels like. That's what this needs to be. This is 10,000 people who absolutely are dying to be there. This is talent making a statement. And we don't know if this is ever going to happen again. Because as we talked about in part one, the WWE now has fuck you money. We don't know if this combination of talent will ever be together again to even attempt to pull this off. I'm wondering now with every because we got we still got time for this show. If WWE tries to get in play and start just scooping, I, I, I well, I was gonna say just you know I usually I try not to say, but they just get in there and just try just try to start fucking with them. Well, I mean, I'm the biggest one's Rey Mysterio, right? I mean, we we, know, we know there's been right. negotiations there already. Vince now has the kind of money that he can make Ray on a contract offer that Ray just would be stupid to refuse. So I, I wonder on the flip side of that, not Gordon, just on the flip side of it. If when they're putting together this card, if they really keep that tight lip up until the moment so that they don't lose a big marquee match because WWE steps in and buys someone out. That's a good point too. That's a good point too. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, hey, we could always go back to you know back to like the territory wars where WWE was making their you know flexing their muscle. Then we were talking about can they stream this thing? WWE now if they've got this kind of money, this kind of leverage, they might go to an outlet and say, no, you don't you don't put that on your platform or we'll never do business with you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did that with a bunch of the territories back in the day. They froze people out of buildings. <clears throat> NWA, WCW, you know that? Yep. You show uh, Starcade, yep. we'll never give you a pay-per-view again. Yep. Or on the simulcast or whatever. And then there's also the aspect, man, I was thinking last night, I, I, I'm sitting at work and I'm bored out of my freaking mind. And I'm just like fantasy booking television in my mind. The Friday Night Wars, New Japan Pro Wrestling, 
versus WWE. How in the hell could you possibly pull that off with the time difference? One being a tape show every week versus live television. But man, it's just fascinating to think about if we could get back to that day. Well, we and we're still we're still at a point we don't know if it's going to remain live on Friday. Yeah, there is that aspect of it as well. There is that aspect of it as well. Rick, I'm out of shit to talk about. I I, I guess it's time. You've been putting it off. Uh, we 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 try to put it off here for two days. Well, but you I know guess what? Got to dive into it. I, I I guess, and I can't believe I'm going to do this, but to start off WWE coverage, we might as well throw it over to the Jersey Mike segment presented by Kleenex. Introducing new softer Kleenex tissues, now in prettier packages. Sometimes a little change can make a big difference. Kleenex, softer, prettier. Because really, the only thing that there was to talk about on Monday Night Raw was Stephanie freaking McMahon. Stephanie comes in and just basically stole the entire show. She comes out, you get the alpha female. They start hitting her with the you tapped out chant. She just acknowledges it. And then the crowd shuts up. Why would she go and kill her heat like that? Absolutely mind-blowing again. They, they, as much as we complain about everything they do with her, they, they couldn't even get this right, though. They couldn't even stay true to themselves. I mean, seriously, she had some serious heat going on from that crowd. And she snuffed it out in all of about 15 seconds. Like, just, I am the alpha here. And she made that perfectly clear. She comes out, she belittles Kurt Angle. She immediately throws herself into the contract signing for Rousey and Jax, which, as we'll talk about here in a second, was probably a good idea. But then she turns around and she just snuffs out her heat. It's just like, what the hell? Do you think Vince McMahon would have come out and 15 seconds into grabbing a microphone when the crowd's getting on him said, yeah, you damn right. Stone cold. Steve Austin beat me. Come on. Made no sense to me. Made absolutely no sense to me. So then we get the Rousey and Nia Jax contract signing. I, this is just baffling me. Like I, I we, we were saying, you know, that Braun Strowman is going to turn into the new big show. We're wrong. It's Nia Jax. Nia Jax is the new big show. This woman is flipping characters legitimately every four weeks. It's, I think it's more of a case. I, I picked up the same thing when I saw it that you're bringing up here. And, and we've heard these different rumors where she's heading here. I, I wonder if it's, they, this is their way of, making us think that we're like, Ooh, where are they going with her? But it, the, the way that they're even putting it together is not intriguing. No, it comes off as more as that. They have no direction. So let, let, let's take a, a brief look back at Nia Jax's 2018. She goes from taking Enzo chicken soup and, and being the super girly girl to the monster Nia Jax to the bullied Nia Jax that we're all supposed to feel sympathy for while she's being bullied by a five foot, nothing Alexa bliss. She wins the title and a month later. Now Nia Jax is the heel in this program against the baddest woman on the planet. 
This just makes absolutely no logical sense to me whatsoever. I understand Stephanie McMahon's out there. She's trying to stir up shit. We saw a great example of this Tuesday night on SmackDown with The Miz trying to cause dissension between the New Day. But The Miz was good at it. Stephanie, she's trying to stir shit up here until finally Nia Jax loses it and she goes into like rage Nia Jax mode. How am I supposed to buy into that at this point? Well, let's not forget, it probably you know, the most recognizable standout thing that she's done in 2018 is the promo after winning that thing. Be a you star. You can achieve. Be a star. And now just a couple of weeks here later, we're, we, we forget that? Just baffling to me what the direction is here with Nia Jax. I understand what they're doing with Ronda Rousey. Um, the this occurred to me yesterday. All right. Your two women's championship matches at money in the bank are Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey and Charlotte versus Carmella or no, no Carmella versus Oscar. Right. Both of those matches should last all of about 15 seconds. We know Ronda Rousey and Oscar both are not walking out of Chicago as the women's champions. What's the swerve here? Well, I think, you know, you have these two, your two dominant challengers on this show. In comparing these matches, obviously the Rousey match is going to have more of a spotlight. We're going to get some kind of confused finish there. On the flip side of that, I think they end up embarrassing Asuka. And just their creative direction. How do they book it? I don't know how you save space with both of you. You really can't have both in like in, in craziness. Yeah, with both matches on the same card, I think they just book themselves into a corner. Because you can't swerve both finishes. Are they really that dumb? And the loser here is going to be Asuka. Yeah, absolutely. Because they haven't rebuilt her since she lost to Charlotte. She hasn't won a match since then, has she? No. I, I, I don't understand. None of it makes any sense to me. Uh, we also have Natalia qualifying for Money in the Bank. Of course, I'm of the popular opinion that we are going to get the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn storyline here. Do you remember NXT, our evolution, when Kevin Owens debuted and Sami Zayn won the championship? Yes. Yep, and when we got the, the hug moment, the, the friends are back together. What a great moment. These two have finally come together here. They're in, they're under the WWE umbrella. They're in NXT, and then we get the uh, the power bomb on the curtain, right? Yep. Natalia wins money in the bank. Rousey wins the women's title. Natalia comes out to celebrate with Rousey, hits her in the back of the head with a briefcase and pins her. Natty walks out of Chicago as raw women's champion. What do you think of that? I I was pretty close with you. I'm seeing the same picture in my head. Rhonda might have the title up on one side. Natalia's got the case on the other, and then she comes around and smacks her just right in the face with it. Not in the back of the head. Just brings it around. Smacks her right in the face. Yeah, I, I mean, and they're playing up this angle so big that they're such good friends. I mean, this week on Raw, they're sending out, you know, tweets of the two of them tagging each other. They're putting up pictures of the two of them posing together. 
it feels like they're really playing this thing up. That's got to be the swerve, right? I mean, now Jersey, he's of the opinion, well, they can't have Ronda Rousey lose. Dude, if she, if she gets hit in the head with a freaking briefcase and then pinned, it's not like it hurts Ronda Rousey. Right? Well, and if you look at this from like a marketing standpoint, too, you're going to have those images. And, 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 you know, casuals like that, they are kind of excited. They're like, oh, Ronda could win the, the championship. You're going to have that still shot. You're going to have that picture of her with that championship. You're, even if it's a brief moment, it's there. And then they're hoping for that shock value of the big swerve. Does that program do it for you going forward towards SummerSlam? I don't know. There's not. I know Natty is a, is a tremendous talent. She's She's so technically sound, but she's so robotic to me in that ring. Where she has to be set up in a certain position for you know to hit her spots. I, I'm still with Rhonda. Less is more. You know this every week. I don't need to see her. I, I've never been into the appeal of it. She did surprise everyone. It was a great match at WrestleMania, but everything up to that, I, I think I'm still checked out on her. I think I like the Natalia situation more than I'm hearing this popular opinion that somehow Stephanie McMahon screws Ronda Rousey, Nia Jax becomes the muscle for Stephanie McMahon, and you're left with Nia Jax running around with this championship as the muscle for Stephanie McMahon going towards SummerSlam. I don't like that whatsoever. I think I'm more intrigued now, you know, thinking about age, how long they might have these people. I'd almost like to see Baszler become the muscle. If you're if you're going to go in a direction where Stephanie needs muscle, I'd rather see that be Baszler. I completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, just as a side note, what do you, what are you thinking of Nikki Cross, Shayna Baszler take over Chicago? I think uh, for that entire weekend, we're, we're sitting here talking about the, the two big women's matches at Money in the Bank on Sunday. I think they get blown out of the water with what we're going to see on Saturday, which you will see. Jargo, you're going to see that very close up. Oh, I'm excited for that show. I'm so excited for that show. Um, something I'm not excited for, and that would be the uh, Losers Gauntlet match next week on Monday Night Raw. Um, I feel like there's really only three possibilities here. There's seven women in the match, but there's really only three possibilities here. The three possibilities are Ruby Riot, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. Right? So do you think this is another... Uh, just like another wrinkle in the story of Sasha and Bailey. That's going to be these two at the end. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, I, if it was me, the person that wins is the person that you're turning. If you're going to turn one of these two, right? Isn't that logical? Well, Jugger, I think they would probably go that way. I don't know. Somehow I, I'd have neither one of them come out of this. I almost feel like Ruby riot is going to win this thing. I'm with you on that. I think she she somehow steals this thing, and those two are still left on the outside. I almost wonder if like the second like you end up with either Bailey or Sasha coming out very very early, and then the second to the last person is the other one. Those two have like a ten minute throwdown where they're both just gassed. One of them finally goes over, and then Riot pins them in like a minute and a half. Yeah, that, I think that's how you do it. 
I think I think that's kind of where it goes. Sorry, Jersey. I know you're disappointed because I know that you really, really want Sasha in that match. But just looking at the story that they're telling, I don't see it, man. I just don't see it. Um, also on this show, we had Alexa Bliss and Ember Moon. Uh, this was actually one of the highlights of Raw for me. Um, Ember Moon continuing to gain some momentum going into Money in the Bank. That simply tells me she's not winning. Uh, so this looks good for Alexa Bliss. Yeah, this one really surprised me, especially with the clean finish. Yeah. You know, going, I, I, I'm still high on Moon. I, I would really, at this point, she, she was what she's one of my favorites to win this match. Where she was. And not, I mean, that not as. Not as a betting man, but as a fan. Um, but I think if Ember Moon puts in a good showing, if she's not just one of the people that gets stuck taking a nap at ringside with Lana, um, if, if she puts a good showing in Money in the Bank, I think this win, a clean win over Alexa Bliss on Monday Night Raw, is almost as valuable for Ember Moon as the Money in the Bank briefcase. Well, I, I have a feeling after that, after the ladder match, we will be talking about Ember Moon. She, I think she's going to get those big spots. She's going to have like the wow moment in that match. You think we get an eclipse off the top of like a 20 foot ladder? Oh yeah, that's definitely, that's got to be their plans. That would be, that would be quite a sight. That would be quite a sight. Well, the trick is, you know, it's got to be on somebody good. You know, it's got to be like a Charlotte that takes it because she, she needs someone who can sell the damn thing. And she needs somebody that can catch her. Right. That's the most important thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of see Ember Moon in that Velveteen dream role from uh, NXT TakeOver in the, in the big North American ladder match where Velveteen had a couple of really, really big spots. And other than that, not a whole lot to talk about. Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast fans, you didn't think you were going to get off that easy, did you? It's me, it's me, it's that R to the B to the V. Rick Picker here, and I would like to invite everyone to check out my personally owned and operated consulting firm, Herd Marketing. In today's business landscape, it's not just about being present. It's about being effective and efficient. Marketing management takes effort and know-how. Put yourself in a position to succeed and contact Herd Marketing today. Find us on Facebook or give us a call at 513-227-6504. Oh yeah, how could I forget? We're currently running a special promo for the Hitting the Marks listeners. When new clients use the promo code HTMADS, that is H-T-M-A-D-S, Herd Marketing is going to go ahead and donate $100 to this awesome podcast. Be present, be effective, be efficient, be heard. Find us on Facebook or call 513-227-6504. Um, let's see what else happened with the inside of the Stephanie McMahon Jersey Mike segment here. Oh yes. The biggest bitch of them all. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns comes out to address Stephanie McMahon. Once again, as Billy Ray Valentine would say, hashtag boot out of the building. This, this uh, so you know, funny you mentioned me. He just texted me. <laughs> it's, it's just a weekly thing at this point. Everywhere is bizarro world. Um, then we get Kevin Owens' response. Of course, Stephanie McMahon even has to get one up on Kevin Owens after Kevin Owens comes out and puts her over and even tries to get a pro-Roman chant going. She still blows off Kevin Owens. This leads to the match between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. I really don't have anything to say about this. It has gotten to the point, Roman Reigns is in a match, and I start playing on my phone, 
and I start surfing the web and I start doing everything other than paying attention to Roman Reigns matches, even when it's against somebody I love, like Kevin Owens. Well, you know, another thing, well, just another quick shout here to, to Billy Ray. He just texted me. Uh, he was uh, giving us some support. He was just telling me about how Skype sucks sometimes. So <laughs> after he has that, so that's what he said to me. I got the same message. You know what? What's terrible about this brand split, even if it is like a talent, like you're saying, like a Kevin Owens, I feel like I've seen him in like every match over and over. Well, it's, he is just, he's such a workhorse. Like he is the heel workhorse of Monday night raw and he works with everyone. That's, that's not a knock, but I mean, he was away from, from raw for so long and they, they still don't feel fresh. Yeah, no, the Roman Reigns match doesn't feel fresh. They've already expired the Braun Strowman match for me when it comes to Kevin Owens. Uh, the Seth Rollins match I don't need to see again for a very, very long time. If, if you're going to run Owens out there, if you're going to run KO out there every week still, then he needs to be taking that shoulder block because that is one of the most fun things on, on Monday Night Raw. Well, and this is one of those things with Kevin Owens. I mean, we said when they started this goddamn brand split, Split up Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It needs to happen. <clears throat> it just needs to happen. Those two guys together, they're great together, but do something else. Please, for the love of God, do something else. Then we get Jinder Mahal coming out and interfering. I actually was listening. I was listening to Sam Roberts and Wade Keller on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast last night. They actually think that Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal is going to headline money in the bank. You know, obviously, were they actually, were they serious in it? Or were yeah, they-, they were. They were being dead serious. Just would like, they actually, just would they like- actually try this again after they saw the failure? And we know there was some other issues. You know, people, they had to catch their train. They're looking for tra- transportation out. But still, if it's a, they could have any other main event at that show. Not, you know, people didn't know how, well, now we know the endings. Yeah. You're like, well, we, you couldn't do the WWE championship with that 10 count finish, but people wouldn't have left for that. They just tuned out on that. It, it was more important to get away from the situation than it was to buy in and be there and see how the finish happened. I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Um, and then of course, false finish Rollins comes out, joins Jinder Mahal, uh, all in all, this opening segment of Monday Night Raw ran like 35 minutes when you consider both the, the, the Stephanie McMahon promo, the Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens match that came out of the Stephanie McMahon promo, and then the Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins match versus Kevin Owens and Jinder Mahal match that came out of the first match that came out of the promo. It was like, oh my God, can I please get Roman Reigns off of my television? And why are we putting Seth Rollins with Roman Reigns? All that does is hurt Seth Rollins at this point. Well, I think, you know, they're looking at it from the flip side. It's everything is, we, how can we get him cheered? Even that didn't work. Well, and it, it, and it continues. Jargo, it continues. Everything backfires. Gen- let's put him against Ginger Mahal. There's no way they're going to cheer Ginger. Put him with Seth Rollins. Who is the hottest baby besides Braun? Him and Braun are right up there that the people love. Let's let's throw him out there with him. Just ridiculous. Just and it ridiculous. backfires on him. Completely backfired. Completely backfired. 
Uh, then we had quite possibly the worst segment in the history of Monday Night Raw. Like I, I think Bailey and Alexa Bliss probably had a nice big hug backstage because nobody is going to be talking about the Bailey. This is your life and how God awful it was for quite a while because we had Bobby Lashley's sisters and Rick, we, we literally scripted this thing to a T to a T cross dressers. Lashley comes out. I've had enough of this crap beats up everybody. The only problem was we said, we need to see the fire out of Bobby Lashley. We need to see more fire out of Bobby Lashley than we've ever seen in our lives. I didn't see that out of Bobby Lashley. No, no, not at all. You know, with all their different agendas, I wonder who approved this thing. You're, you're, you know, you do this acceptance. This is for everyone. And then you, it's almost like you bitch slap a, a part of the community that you were promoting. I don't get it. I mean, I have even heard conspiracy theories that said they purposely made it this bad. Why would you do that? Well, I, I will give them credit on this. They were not the worst trannies that I've seen this week. Oh, my God. Uh, pod Pod D was for the trannies. <laughs> And we can see them coming in and out, man. There, there were some, uh, there were some unique-looking individuals. I'll put it that way. Shout out to Cell Block B. Not so much D. Not so much D. Pods. That's what they're called. Yeah. This, this is, this is not Balor Club. This is not for everyone. (laughs) I take it back. It is. If you enjoy our bullshit, go ahead and listen to it. Just don't come and. But you know that that is like the that's what really struck me when I saw this thing, like. You know, I know we're supposed to separate, and this this sounds like something we hear all the stories. You know, Ben and Steve, they'll talk about, they've been to Stevie. They've all talked about how the backstage, it's just Vince, he thinks it's funny. So he throws this idea out there, and they have to try to get it over, and it's just, it's terrible. We set the standards so low for this segment, and it still, it hit all of those marks with flying <laughs> you know, colors. Was- that would be that would be a, a fun weekend show. You know, maybe we bring some boys on, Billy Ray, Big Ray, uh, who would ever like to join us from the circles we run in. What's the worst we, show we what, could come up with? Let's do like a top ten worst, most embarrassing segments or stunts or whatever they've done gimmicks. Like run down the worst ever top ten from WWE. That could be entertaining. That could be entertaining. That's a show idea. That's a show idea. Uh, really, the only other thing to talk about from uh, Monday Night Raw was Braun Strowman versus Finn Balor. Of course, Braun Strowman goes over here. I think the match was far more competitive than some people may have expected. Uh, I guess the question here: Have you seen this match yet? Yes. Do you buy Balor in this role? Could you buy Finn Balor somehow figuring out a way to defeat Braun Strowman down the road coming out of this match? The match itself, my initial thought was, you know, hey, Jack chopped down the beanstalk. He defeated the giant. That's where I can if, if you're going to tell that story, I think that's the direction they should go in. I was sour on this thing from the beginning because I felt like it was the setup was about Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, as far as the match itself goes, I enjoyed it. 
I thought Finn came out of this match looking like he could potentially beat Braun Strowman. Of course, he didn't. But I felt like he proved that he could. That there is a method to his madness that he could. Even at the end, though, what did you think about how they set that up? Where I mean, is there still we still have the respect between these two that at least they're smart enough to know they're they're two hot babies. I I think that it's important that that's the first person that Braun Strowman hasn't completely and mindlessly murdered since. Just just for a cheap pop. Yep, yep. I think that was important. And did they need to do Elias like that too on the entrance? Man, I I I'm. You notice we're not even talking about Elias versus Bobby Roode because I only wanted to talk about very, very few select things on this show. I am so confused by Elias and Bobby Roode because you have Bobby Roode, who is clearly better as a heel. You have Elias, who is clearly over as a babyface. I mean, clearly. The people love Elias, regardless of what I think of him. That that whole program, it just makes my head want to explode. Just just explode. Worship us. Hey, what's up? This is the best, Scorpio Sky, and you are listening to The Locker Room with Jargo and RBV. Don't miss out. Let's uh, let's jump over to SmackDown, because there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about on SmackDown. Uh, we, we hinted at it earlier. Uh, the Miz and the New Day. Um, thank you, Miz, because you actually made the New Day interesting for about 10 minutes I didn't want to change my channel while the new day was on. And that's the first time in well over a year that I have had that experience. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's how the Miz, that's how the Miz works. You put him out there with anyone. He's gold. He is the the hottest player in WWE right now. Um, the question I had coming out of this was why does Paige hate the Miz? Did I miss something? Is there a reason that Paige dislikes the Miz other than he's the Miz? No, I think that's the gimmick. You know, it's just uh, to always just continually remind people that if if you're supposed to be the baby, that we should all hate the Miz. Okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I was just, I was, I felt like I missed something there. I felt like I to- just had totally missed something, what, like in watching a YouTube cut or something. Um, Jeff Hardy versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, hard to believe this was the first time ever, wasn't it? Was it? I I didn't pick up on that one. What I'm taking away here from Daniel Bryan is why are we running him out here every week? I don't know. I don't know. I know, you know, it's in his heart. He loves this thing. You continue to do this. I mean, how, how long is it until we just, the majority grows tired and turn on him? Maybe that's the point. I asked you this a couple weeks ago. I said, how, how soon until people kind of get tired of this Daniel Bryan act? Maybe that's the point. That is the point. Maybe it is. Maybe that's the point. Maybe Brian has told them he's not going to resign in September. So let's overexpose him as much as we possibly can. That, that's a tremendous point there, Jargo. Because we keep hearing these rumors. 
that the talks aren't going well. You know, it's, it is coming up real quick. Maybe he still wants, maybe, do you think maybe personally he's still better? Like, thanks for clearing me, but I, I'm st- I still can't get over this. If you go back and listen to uh, just recently, um, Daniel Bryan was on Chris Jericho's podcast. Um, and it, the interview was recorded uh, in Saudi Arabia, actually, uh, during the greatest Royal Rumble ever that time period. And uh, Brian basically says on that show that had they not cleared him, he was leaving in September, that that was a done deal. And I guess while Brian has been away, he has really went down the eighties Lucha kind of rabbit hole. And he really wants to go to Mexico and he wants to work hair versus mask matches. He wants to go around and he wants to collect a whole bunch of masks. And then whoever, you know, the big baby faces in Mexico eventually takes Brian's hair and like cuts off his beard and all this stuff. He wants to go wrestle in new Japan. He wants to go work with ring of honor. Of course he could work with CMLL. That's all one big partnership. And he seemed like he really had this plan carved out. This is what he wanted to do. I'm unfamiliar. Is, is he working these house show circuits as well? Yep. He's on all the live events too. They just threw him right back into the shit. Oh, you're cleared. Here you go. Full time. So maybe that is kind of their plan, but it, 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 you know, it's not going to work though. Any, no matter what happens, he's going to come out hot. He's going to control his own schedule. But it almost all makes me wonder if that's why we're not burning through these dream matches, man. We've already gotten Brian versus Styles. We've gotten Brian versus Hardy. Next week, we're going to get Joe versus Brian. Maybe WWE knows they're on a clock and they've got to get all this shit in. And, you know, maybe on the flip side, too, for them, they think, all right, you know, we can create another one of you. We got Gargano sitting down there waiting. There is that, too. There is that, too. So let's. Let's tap this keg. Let's get every last ounce of beer out of it. And then we'll, then it can float. Thank you for giving me that built in segue there because uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Johnny Gargano here. Um, We now know that Shinsuke Nakamura is going to take on AJ Styles in a last man standing match at Money in the Bank. Rick, this is a terrible idea because the night before at TakeOver Chicago, you're going to have Johnny Gargano take on Tommaso Ciampa in a last man standing match. This is a terrible idea. This is another situation where it's like, are you even, are you paying attention? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the right hand looking at the left hand. I mean, you have to know what's going on here. And we've and we've seen time and time again where NXT outshines them when they have similar situations like this. And it's so much more personal. I mean, this week, Candice LeRae got laid out on NXT television, thanks to Tommaso Ciampa. It's personal. You've got Johnny Gargano beating on this dude's windows at 3 o'clock in the morning. You got him stalking him when he goes to his physical therapy. You got him waiting outside for him when he gets off of work. This thing is personal. This has been literally building for a year. And this is going to be the big payoff at TakeOver Chicago, where it all began. You have all that built there. And it, what's happening there in NXT is relatable to real life. You know, not that 
people would go to those extremes, but they've seen a situation like that, or it's you know something that they've actually followed or heard of, and or, or relatable to, just relatable to. And I mean, when you take into consideration the DIY thing, their match at the cruiserweight classic, this all ties in together. When it, when you talk about Styles and Nakamura, he punched him in the dick. Yeah, you have no speak English, dick punch. That that's your whole storyline. This is a terrible idea. I love Shinsuke Nakamura. I love AJ Styles. This is a terrible idea with Gargano and Ciampa doing the same thing literally the night before. Terrible idea. And also, we've we've seen what we are going to see on Saturday night. We've only seen that one other time. In the last six weeks, two months, we, how many times have we seen AJ and Nakamura? Four or five times? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I almost wonder if the entire Ciampa tearing his ACL and having to go away for a very long time, if that wasn't the best thing to happen to that feud. Blessing in disguise. Yep. Yep. In a weird sort of way. In a weird sort of way. Uh, I guess I should have thrown this in the Jersey Mike segment, but there's not really a whole lot to say about it. And that was Lana versus Billy Kay. Lana getting the big win here in about a minute. Uh, there's only one part of this entire thing that is at all interesting to me. It was very, very clear. Lana and Aiden English were paired as the baby faces against the heel Iconics. You've got Aiden English on the outside, encouraging the fans to cheer for Lana. Lana's pandering to the crowd, celebrating with the crowd. Her and English are embracing in the middle of the ring. Is it safe to say that Lana number one has officially turned Rusev Day babyface? Finally? My biggest fear from this thing watching it, and I enjoyed it. I, I was hoping they would let these guys, and I, I still hope that they continue to just let them work as, as a, all as a unit. But I have a feeling they're just lifting the, the Brandy and Flip storyline. Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid of that too. I, I, and I'm hoping for Lana that she has improved here because I've been hearing good things. I've been hearing good things on the house show reports that Lana has been working and she has gotten much better in the ring. Let's just hope that much better is ready for a money in the bank ladder match because that kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, really, the uh, only other thing to talk about on SmackDown, not a real great week for uh, WWE TV, although I definitely felt SmackDown was the better show. Uh, that is Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, Rick, there, there was quite the debate on the Monday locker room. Very curious to your thoughts here. How do you feel about Andrade Cien Almas doing squash matches? This, and I've heard Strangler bring this up and Bellow talk about this before, that they kind of reserve, you know, these squash matches for certain individuals. And it's almost, this means like they have hopes for you, but I'm afraid here they might have hopes, but it makes me think they don't have a direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that could be some pretty good analysis right there. He kind of did everything he could in NXT. They know they got a great, he's one of the greatest talents in the world. He's got a hot act with Vega. I was, I was disappointed, man. I thought he was going to come in like a cannonball and make a huge splash. 
Well, here, here's my thing with, with CN. Number one, I don't feel these squash matches have done anything for him. I don't feel like he's any more over because of these squash matches than he is thanks to Vega cutting her little promos backstage and asking for some real competition because this is insulting. I think maybe the best route, if you were going to do this like slow burn introducing him, you should have went to those traditional vignettes, you know, where she's narrating or they're just doing things. The first one that pops in my mind is like how they introduce Razor Ramon. I could see that. I here, here's my biggest issue with it. I don't feel like the CN character would even do a squash match. Like, could you see Tetsuya Naito doing a squash match? Well, Jogger, I'm going to say, I have to agree with you. I think it works in the cases like the ones that we've seen recently where it was like the over the top big people like Braun and Naya. Those worked. You know, they really didn't even work when he did it with Asuka. No, no. Asuka didn't get any more over with squash matches than she was beforehand. I just, I can't see a NATO character, a Tranquilo character, going out and squashing someone in a minute. Now, I could see him kicking the shit out of him, going for a pin, and at two, picking the opponent up. And then kicking the shit out of him some more. And then one, two, and then do the Bully Ray thing and just leave the dude lying and just walk out. Wins and losses don't matter. Well, I was going to say, wouldn't it, even, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be even more funny? Like, he just bails on the match totally. Like, doesn't even, like, this guy in a WWE superstar. I came here for the tops. Like, sometimes it takes NATO five minutes just to take his gear off. You know, like, it, it just, it doesn't feel like. The Andrade Cien Almas La Sombra character at all to me. That's what I'm thinking. Like when he walked out for a match and then they introduce a, a jobber or an enhancement, he should just leave. Yeah, like, like this ain't worth my time. There's nothing about Tranquilo that says, I'm gonna work as hard as I possibly can to beat this man as fast as I possibly can. That like that's the opposite of his gimmick. You get to the point where you just send Vega out there and she's like, no, he's not coming out. He, he's, he's doing something else now. Yeah. No, you, you're, you're not worth it. You're, you're not worth his time. Just, just go the hell with this. You know, I mean, NATO won the freaking IWGP intercontinental championship weeks ago. The belt hasn't been seen since that's how much he cares. And yet we've got CN going out and squashing somebody in a minute. That doesn't seem to make any sense to me. They're supposed to be the same character, the same personality, the same learning tree. Like it just doesn't click to me. Well, because it doesn't, because it doesn't click to them. They don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. And unfortunately that's the problem. I'm just, if, if you present Andrade CN Almas, like just another guy on the roster, very much like you did Asuka, you presented her like just another girl on the roster, and now nobody cares. And I'm afraid that nobody's going to care about CN before they're even supposed to care about CN. If that makes any sense. Anything else that you wanted to talk about on this week's show, Huckleberry? Well, uh, you know, 
I, I felt like I was at Shawshank this week, and it was very fitting that we just shoveled through this shit. <laughs> Tremendous, tremendous. That'll wrap things up for this week's episode, but have Ciro Miro as Huckleberry and I will be back in your ear holes this Monday over in the locker room at hackerhameen.podbean.com. Until then, if you need your wrestling fix, visit our support system over at thegorillaposition.com as they tell the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. You can always find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. We're actually using that a lot these days. On Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Email us at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. As always, you can find me across all social media platforms at not jargo huckleberry how does the great state of ohio keep their thumb over you i say as always you can check me out uh, across all social media at the real rbv invite everyone to make sure you're jumping on facebook over to the humming media discussion group i'm going to be back and active this weekend uh i see there's been a lot of great conversation going on i'm ready to jump in myself you brought up monday in the locker room it's going to be a big holiday edition Oh, that's right. Memorial Day edition. Memorial Day. So uh, when everyone's grilling out and having fun. We'll be slaving away, producing more content, not even getting paid double time and a half. We'll probably have to pay Ben Hameen double time and a half. Uh, I I wonder if. No, I see. I don't think that's one of our official holidays. (sighs) I don't think the hacker. I don't even know if we're allowed to celebrate Memorial Day. Probably not. It's probably against our religion. Probably. Probably. Season 2, episode 21, in the can. For now, Rick and I are off like a prom dress. See ya! Watch your fingers. Label me. I don't give a f-
Fuck your bitch and I lied. She was at home with me last night. I'll be your bad guy.